This is the Hans Shot First Podcast. They don't know it, I'm telling you. We'll be talking in-depth about common movie moments from my dead body. With the mix of all things pop culture along the way. Yeah, all Scott. Okay. Welcome, everybody, to Hans Shot First. I'm Jeff, joined as usual by Scott and Alex. Say hello. Hello. Hey. I forgot how to do it. Um, <laughs> well, that's one, that's, I think it's one of my uh, my favorite intros that you've done, Jeff. Mm-hmm. You put that weird hitch in the middle there. I Welcome like, well, to... What you, 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 went, you went a little like Jerry Lewis there. <laughs> we'll be gliving. Is that him? I don't know. All right. Today we're talking about uh, yes. Last Action Hero. That's right. This movie came out in 1993, directed by John McTiernan. Story by Zach Penn, Adam Leff. Screenplay by Shane Black, David Arnott. Starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, Charles Dance, Tom Noonan, F. Murray Abraham, Art Carney, a bunch of people. And the, the kid, Austin O'Brien. Um uh sonia blade mrs uh yeah madison yeah what's her name in billy madison veronica vaughn M- yeah miss miss vaughn yeah the the most <laughs> the most meta thing about this movie might just be that they brought in shane black to do a rewrite oh yeah so we'll get into that right away i was just reading up on some trivia on it this movie being meta is the filmmaking was very meta it was like these two guys wrote a movie spoofing arnold schwarzenegger movies and Lethal Weapon movies and Die Hard movies, and then Arnold gets cast. Shane Black writes it, and Sean McTiernan directs it. Yeah, <laughs> it just got totally yeah. overtaken by Hollywood, and then they're like, "All right." They kind of formed this weird Mobius. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Uh, this movie was uh, my recommendation. Um, this movie I definitely saw in the movie theater. I was so hyped for it. This is back the heyday of Schwarzenegger movies for me. And I was thoroughly disappointed when it came out. I didn't get it. I was expecting Terminator 2 or Running Man or something like that. And that movie, is, this movie is not that. Um, but since I've seen it, I've heard people say, no, you got to go back and watch it again as an adult. And you'll get the jokes and you'll get the meta and all that. And so that's what I wanted to do. And uh, we'll talk about it. That's my history with it. Scott? Yeah, I think I have a kind of a similar trajectory to you, Jeff. Where as a kid, I was expecting... You know, more larger than life Arnie, and a lot of the jokes weren't necessarily over my head, but I didn't appreciate them. Uh, and then saw it again as an adult and, and enjoyed it much more. But yeah, saw it in the theaters. All right, Alex. Yep, uh, my dad and I were pretty hyped for this movie. Big Arnold, lifelong Arnold fans, uh, and similarly uh, disappointed when we went to watch it in the theater. Uh, it was the first Arnold movie that my dad went, nah, no, no me gusta. No. <laughs> and then, then he followed up with, like, where's Ray Bolita? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it was in the movie. It would have been better. Uh, but, yeah, I did see it some years later. Uh, in my mid-20s, I want to say, as an adult, and I liked it a lot better. And uh, I just saw it uh, yesterday. Again. Would would your dad have liked it if it had like Abba in the soundtrack? Probably. <laughs> Man, he loves Abba. 
All right, well, let's get into it. As usual, we're each going to talk about seven items from the movie. I'll go ahead and go first. Um, it's one thing that bugged me is the end of the movie, very close to the end of the movie, when there's the scene at the top of, of the roof again, it's kind of replaying the scene from his kid's death in the movie, and and Tom Noonan throws him over, throws Danny over the edge. He doesn't, Arnold doesn't even flinch. He didn't care less. Only yeah. at the end, when it's dead, then you hear Danny screams and he runs over there. There was no, like, oh, God, what did you do? It was so awkward. <laughs> I don't know. Am I missing yeah, something there? I, I think you're right, Jeff. Yeah, they they kind of missed out on the point of everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, like, it was totally setting up that, like, he's going to redeem what happened to his kid with this, uh, this new guy. And then it's just, yeah. It happens later on when he's hanging there and he saves him. But at, when it first happens, it was, yeah. I found that really awkward and I did not like that. So that's my number seven. Mm. Scott, number seven. Uh, my number seven uh, is the first of a few just gags, jokes. Um, this one in particular is is rather puerile. <laughs> it still made me laugh. Uh, and it's so stupid. But uh, there's the whole joke about how they they put the nerve gas inside of the fat guy at the funeral, so that it goes off and kills everybody. Leo farts. Yeah, Leo the fart. Uh, and that in and of itself is like, okay, that's kind of amusing. But Charles Dance's character Benedict walks up to to arm the bomb and he pulls on his finger. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Like, could have done without the, the fart sound effect, because that didn't make any sense. That was just dumb. Uh, oh, I thought that was a knuckle crack. There's a fart sound effect, too. Uh, I but thought it was a knuckle okay. crack, too. A, a joint twitching yeah. or something. But yeah. At, at any rate, mm-hmm. the fact that he pulled his finger to, to arm the, the bomb, I thought was inspired. Yeah. And that's by number seven. There, there, <laughs> right, there were a few, few moments that made me laugh out loud. That was one of them. Okay, Alex, number seven. My number seven is, uh, for what this movie is, it's just too damn long. Because uh, they fit an enti- almost like a 90-minute movie in the- inside of this movie. And that could have used some editing. Yeah, it's just I, way too long. I think I agree. I watched this over like three sittings. <laughs> yeah. I started it last night. I fell asleep. And then um, today, at two different cities, I finished. Yeah, it's kind of long. It didn't seem as bad, I guess, because I did do it in chunks. But I kind of see what you're talking about. Yeah, it's like yeah, the whole Slater Slater Four. You see the entire movie pretty much, and then at the end, they just go through the wall into the real world. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Yeah. There right. it is. Sorry. All right. Uh, my number six. Kind of following uh, Scott's number seven is just some gags and the ones that got me. And this happens early on in the movie. It's uh, Art Carney's death. Oh, yeah. That was <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So he's doing it. He tells him, oh, the gangs are working together. I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> to, 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 I don't know, Jeff. You, you talk about how your, your dad really liked uh, or your parents liked Art Carney or the yeah. homeowners or whatever. As a kid, would have had no clue, zero. Yeah, 
No, I got conf- I honestly I got confused. I thought it was the the old man from the beginning of the movie at first. They look look alike. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the him I'm out of here, and then followed by the the count the card countdown to the bomb. <laughs> five, fucking fantastic. Four. I don't know. I thought that was a cool little gag as well. But yeah, so, uh, uh, since you brought him up, Jeff, uh, Robert Prosky is the the old projectionist Nick. Okay. Uh, he, he was he was great. In the, his small role that he had. What else is he? He looks familiar, but um, he was <laughs> the the first thing that comes to mind for me is uh, Gremlins Two, <laughs> where he he plays like the the guy that hosts the late night horror movie anthology thing. Oh, that, he's like, that oh, he yeah. Dracula. That he becomes like a reporter or like the guy on the scene. That's uh, right. Yeah, that sounds familiar. But uh. Yeah. Right. Anyway. Anyway, yeah. So the Art Carney, I'm out of here, and then the the card countdown. Pretty funny. Uh, Scott, <laughs> number six. All right. Uh, my number six um, is another joke um, that uh, you know I I I I think Arnie can actually be really funny when when given the right material. Um, and in this case, it's toward the the end of the, as Alex pointed out, the movie inside the movie, uh, when they, they go to Vivaldi's house, I forget, um, yes. Anthony Quinn's house, and Arnie starts slapping around Benedict, and he says, this is for whatever, punches him in the stomach, and he goes, this is for my ex-wife's house, and I was totally expecting to hit, like, punch him again. And he just slaps him on the wrist. Yeah. Not the wrist. <laughs> and not, not only that was funny, but the look on uh, Charles Dance's face of, like, like just utter bewilderment. <laughs> that, 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 that totally sold the whole thing. Like, oh, man, that, that was great. Uh, just another mm-hmm. uh, like funny moment that stuck with me. So that's my number six. Nice. All right, Alex, number six. I apologize for yawning, folks. I am tired. Yeah, it's 1 p.m. My number six is Macbeth. <laughs> it was, uh, I think, last week where we were talking about the Simpsons, uh, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington with Mel Gibson. Yeah. <laughs> this is kind of like that before Macbeth with Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> it's fucking fantastic. I love the way that it was mostly in black and white, but then they just had uh, some colorization stuff, especially for the explosions, and made it really, like, pop. The colors pop really well. And all the... He just brings all the Jack Slater uh, one-liners in there. <laughs> to be or not to be. Not to be. Yeah. <laughs> Big explosion the castle. That was awesome. Yeah, that was good. What is it? What do you say? It's like, oh yeah, fair prince, please stay your hands. Who said I played fair? Was <laughs> that <pulls laughs> <out> an Uzi? <laughs> yeah, I like, I like just the, the first part of that. Claudius, you have betrayed me. And he throws him through the stained glass window with the Wilhelm scream. <laughs> that was awesome. He goes, goes flying out on some wires. Uh, Alright, uh, my number five. It's so ridiculous. There's a lot of ridiculous things in this movie, obviously. It's when you go to the police station and you yes. have all the different types of cops or whatever. Yes. There's other stuff, cameos. But the one that's so goddamn ridiculous is the, the cartoon cat. What the fuck? 
Whiskers. And, 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 and voiced by Danny DeVito, too, which made it even better. Um, I don't know. And then he shows up later again in the movie and saves the day. But, like, I don't know. I just, I, I WTF'd and then chuckled and I had to laugh and give credit to him. Because, yeah, there's all these different types of caps. I think there's even, like, cops. It's like a black and white uh, Humphrey Bogart at one point, yeah, I think you see. Yeah. <laughs> it's just everything. But just the stupid cartoon cat. It's like. I guess they couldn't use Crime Dog or McGruff, so they had to use. I, then the, the kid's trying to prove his point. Like, there's a cartoon cat. Yeah, exactly. the super chief call. That cat's one of my best men. Exactly. <laughs> he was only suspended for a month. Of course, he's back. <laughs> so, that's my number five, uh, Scott. Uh, the L.A. Police Station. Like that. That whole it's so over the top. Um, more to say about the cameos later, but yeah. just have the, the inside looks. Um, clearly, like the lobby of some uh, like office building somewhere <laughs> that they they redecorated for for the movie. Uh, but yeah, just all the <laughs> all the female cops are like dressed so ridiculously. Uh, the yeah, I, I, much I, yeah, I, I love that. Yeah, I, I love the idea of of pairing up the trope cops where the first the first one is like the super dumpy cop with the gets paired up with the, the hot blonde cop and then uh yeah you get, eventually he gets weird with like you said jeff with the the cartoon cat and he gooses i think i think that was uh calling camp could be wrong about that mm. um that she drops into the karate pose uh but I, they're all just like standing around lined up to being waited to get paired up. Uh, yeah, it's... And even Jack's uh, later. Yeah. Oh, Jack, then, I found your new partner. Yeah. And then there, to, to cap it all up, there's the valet out front. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, my number five. All right. Alex, number five. My number five is just all of the incredible pyrotechnics in this movie. They used a lot of, uh, you know, composited explosions, especially for some far shots and stuff. But they did use a lot of uh, real explosions, real sets that are uh, being destroyed, uh, all the practical stuff, stunt work and everything. I really appreciate it. It was cool. Uh, a bit of a shout out, uh, honorable mention, for <laughs> the funniest gag, in my opinion, for this whole thing is in the first explosion where they, they kill his favorite second cousin. And the kid in the theater is like, Jack uh, Slater, minor injuries, both cops are dead. <laughs> Jack Slater gets up, looks up into the tree, and there's a black cop hanging yeah. there. <laughs> I got two days for retirement. <laughs> then you yeah. hear the, the saxophone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the Shane Black saxophone. Yeah, yeah. That was awesome. Yeah, that was good. I, I did snort on the saxophone played. <laughs> two days left to retirement. All right, uh, run to my number four, and um, you guys already mentioned her. Like, I forgot that she was in this, uh, Mrs. Pete Sampras, or what's her what's her name? Yeah. Anyway, Bridget Wilson. Bridget Wilson. I mean, it was cool to see her, just because I don't I don't know she was that many movies. We I mean, just we probably done her entire catalog at this point now with Mortal <laughs> Kombat, Billy Madison, and now this. But uh, just how she was a kick ass daughter, right? Like that would be it's. It just feel, fit right in with the movie, and I, I thought that was kind of funny because I it was at first I was a little worried about it, I'm like, and then she started kicking ass. I'm like, oh yeah, that makes sense. So, uh, 
I like the. I really like the scene when they they go to uh, his new apartment, get shithole right off the freeway, yeah. and he shoots the guy in the closet. But then he has like a very like <laughs> it, it, it like there's this weird tonal shift all of a sudden where he's like explaining about how horrible his life actually is, yeah. um, and he's talking about his daughter. He's like, like most girls, they like want to want to go to prom. She was field stripping an AK forty seven. <laughs> I think that was a funny line. Uh, yeah, Whitney. Like that that whole sequence where she's beating up the bad guy and she just keeps screaming. Yeah. Um, yeah, look at it. This was, I mean, she was in Saved by the Bell. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, some movie called Santa Barbara, and then this was her first movie. So. With, anyway. With, with some 90s hair that was kicking my ass, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, but it, I so hot. Want to touch the hiney? <laughs> hey, Dad! Um, I saw you were here. I thought you could use a new set of clothes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the audible mention of that like wiping off the tire. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, tar sticks to most people. Yeah. <laughs> he just wipes his face once and it's completely clean. How about falling off a hotel in Long Beach and landing in the Brea tar pits? Huh? Yeah, yeah. that's a long crane. <laughs> I wonder. Wh- I wonder why they mentioned Long Beach at all. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Like, why didn't they just put this part of Los Angeles? But uh, why even mention Long Beach? Why not just say in L.A. and then have it be La Brea Tar Pits? Yeah, yeah. Because mm. it clearly was Long Beach because you can see the Long Beach Sports Arena in the background for like half of it. Yeah, it didn't. Anyway, for people who aren't from around here, those places are nowhere near each other. But whatever, it's the movie, so it makes sense. That's how movies yeah. are. Well, isn't there like a weird line about how, like. Talk about good taste. Like I couldn't tell if they were serious, saying that night Long Beach was a nicer place than LA, or whether they were just shitting on Long Beach. Like I couldn't <laughs> couldn't tell exactly yeah. where they were going with that. Mm-hmm. The one meta joke, I well, I don't know. I'll bring it up. The thing they didn't make is when they really basically Charles Dan's character or any of them killed anybody in the real world. No one like well, that's different. Maybe that's too gross. Like the way you, I'm sure shooting, I would think shooting someone in real life is different than shooting someone in the movies. Yeah, they should have done like, yeah, he should have been like surprised that like, oh wow, that actually is a lot of yeah, there's a lot less blood or a lot more blood. Yeah, because they like they go out of their way to, to point out that it's only PG thirteen. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. Uh, Scott number four. Number four. Speaking of which, uh, Charles Dance. Um. Uh, does does some great villain work here, uh, as the kind of villain du jour of of the nineties, um, yeah. with the 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 smart Euro, <laughs> the classy Euro, uh, but not just that, just a lot of his deliveries, uh, his his speech at the end is great, um, and then and then we'll have what was the line like, and then we'll have Hannibal Lecter cater it. Uh, so yeah, always a reliable uh, figure in, in anything that he's in. Um, there, Jeff, you said you were, you were reading the the trivia. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, was, there was a really funny bit. I don't know if you got to it about Alan Rickman. No. Mm-hmm. So apparently, Alan Rickman turned down the role because it didn't pay enough. <laughs> so I guess Charles Dance like went around set or something like that, like wearing a t-shirt that says like, 
that it's just something to the effect of cheaper than Rickman. Um, but yeah he's he's yeah he's menacing but at the same time uh like some of his deliveries are are really funny uh you know when he he keeps correcting uh anthony quinn's character for getting all the sayings wrong Uh, zeus from hercules yeah he was (laughs) his most famous role (laughs) so yeah that's my number four always you always gotta have a reliable villain and it, it was weird, like, he's kind of having almost to pull double duty here with the, the whole meta thing going on. It still works. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, Alex, number four. My number four is the LA police station. <laughs> police was ridiculous. And, uh, yeah, and Danny goes, man, I was just in a real police station. This is much nicer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was great. Uh, also, a little... A little um, Shout out a little, whatchamacallit, what do we call these? Honorable mentions. That police, the police chief. <laughs> we're, only, we're only well into like over 300 episodes. Yeah, I know. I couldn't uh, do the intro right, so it's all right, Alex. I forget yeah, you. Thank you. <laughs> the police chief, not only is he screaming police chief in this movie, but he was also the screaming police chief, like a character, uh, pretty much the same character in uh, Loaded Weapon 1. Remember that? Nope. But, uh, weapon. but I always remember him from uh, being the quiet guy from uh, Batteries Not Included. Yeah, Batteries Not Included with the boxing gloves. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I do remember that. That's why oh, when, wow. yeah, when I saw him in, in this and in Load of the Weapon 1, he's screaming his ears off, breaking the glass from his windows. It's like, damn. I remember him having a, a shitty role as Coral Jr. in License to Kill. Yep, that's on I here. Do. I don't remember that. But oh no, no, I see wasn't that. Like, no, he wasn't. No, he wasn't Coral Junior in that. It was uh, Sharky. Still a shitty role. <laughs> Corp. Coral. Coral. Yeah, police station was great. All right. Like I'm sorry to think like the police station. I guess it resembles the most. It would be like Demolition Man. Yeah, it's pretty close yeah. to Demolition Man. It was San uh, Angeles. <laughs> I almost want to go back and like turn on the captioning to see what he's actually saying for a lot of this stuff. Yeah, some of it sounded pretty funny, but I didn't feel like rewatching it. Yeah. All right, uh, my number three is all the cameos. In this. Yeah, same. Yep, also my three. Um, uh, entering the police station, you get a T one thousand and a Sharon Stone. I guess the yeah. first ones I really noticed, besides like Art Carney and stuff, but like ones that have been in Arnold movies before. I think that was pretty cool, especially the T one thousand in the cop uniform it was great. Mm-hmm. Um, Patrick. Uh, something. Uh, Robert Patrick. Robert Patrick. Thank you. <laughs> Old Bob Patrick. Yeah. But just uh, you know the ones that were in the movie. I now I'm, I'm not gonna remember any of them. But then later on when they're at the movie premiere when he's actually playing Arnold Schwarzenegger and you get his wife and you get uh, what's his face from <laughs> Un- unfunny Jim Belushi. Unfunny Jim. You, Belushi. We know it was funny like, as as I was watching it again. Like the very first one of those celebrities is Little Richard. And I remember thinking to myself, <laughs> "That's right. Was that was that the best? Was that like the biggest star they could get to like cameo for this fake movie premiere?" And it got a little better after that. Yeah, Jean Claude Van Damme showed up. Yeah, Jean Claude Van Damme, Maria Schreiber. Uh, oh, yeah. speaking of Maria Schreiber, there was one shot where they just held on her for an uncomfortable 
amount of time, knowing what we know now in hindsight, it was like, ooh. <laughs> yeah, they were like, and his beautiful wife, Maria yeah, Shriver. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it was pulled on my collar. <laughs> <laughs> and then he, and then Arnold Schwarzenegger plugs Planet Hollywood. That was fucking great. <laughs> after, after she tells him not to. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, there's a Chevy Chase one in there. Yeah, that, oh, yeah, was, that was real that, quick. That was nuts. It was Chevy Chase and somebody else next to him. Um, fuck, I can't remember. But yeah, he doesn't even say anything. He just gets bumped. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Probably MC, because he was MC being an Hammer. asshole. Yeah. So. Hey, Slater 5, man. Soundtrack, oh, right? Is Damon Wayans he bumped into? I that, know that's right. It was Damon Wayans was, was standing next to uh, uh, Chevy Chase. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Good, good pull. And I guess I mentioned the the Danny DeVito as the voice of the cat. I'd, 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 I'd even qualify F. Murray Abraham. He's like in a weird... Because it's, so, it's so meta with the whole, he killed Mozart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The whole Solieri thing. Uh, Mo who? Uh, yeah. Zart. Yeah, I, I kill a lot of so people. people. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. hard to keep track. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's a, that's, that gets real meta too. Because again, as a kid, I didn't... I had never seen uh, like Amadeus. I actually did. That was the one of the few betas that we had. So my parents watched it a lot. So I knew that's the one adult joke that I did get. I think I, I remember watching it at school for some reason at some point. But it was after Last Action Hero. Yeah. He killed Salier, or he killed Mozart. Which starred the uh, kid from Animal House. Tom Hulse. Yeah. He didn't do anything ever again. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the cameos were great. Um, and I, I guess what I was gonna see, um, not really a cameo, but I doubt you guys are gonna talk about it. But Sir Ian McKellum is death. Oh yeah, sorry. The, <laughs> the, the big yeah the you, you yeah I get he steals the show for like the the few lines. It's like this is this is the precursor to Gandalf. <laughs> yeah. I, I did not recognize him. It just sounded like him. I was like, is that, is that Sir McKellen? I, I had to look it up because even looking at him and thinking, I was like, it has to be him. It sounds like him. But to me, it did not look like him. <laughs> well, he was only 80 years old back then. He was a young man. <laughs> You're a brave young man. Unfortunately, not very bright. Yeah. Just, he was already playing the kindly old wizard. He just didn't know it yet. Yeah. I mean, shit, that was. So this was 93. When was the first X-Men? 99. Two, uh, 2000. 2000. Yeah. Really? I thought it was in the 2000s. I think it's 2000. 2000 look it up. 2000, but I'm 2001. Almost positive it's the year 2000. <laughs> yeah, 2000. Wow, I thought it came out a few years before. Okay. And then like right after that was Lord of the Rings. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. All right, uh, that was that was my number three, uh, Scott. What's your number three? Also the cameos, and and again, thank you for bringing up McKellen. I would have forgotten to bring it up. Mm-hmm. All right, and Alex, was that your number three as well? You said. Yep. Back to you, Jeff. <laughs> All right. Uh, my number two is all the meta, the meta stuff in this movie. As a kid growing up, uh, as I already mentioned, I didn't get. I don't know if I didn't get it, but I didn't appreciate it when I watched it the first time. I wanted my action movies to be like Jack Slater, not like the last action hero. Right? That's what I wanted. Uh, I, I loved it. And so while the references, I could totally see myself being that kid and just like, yeah, you're going to just 
you know what's going to happen, but you still love it, especially coming from Arnold and Stallone movies and stuff. So I just thought that was cool. It was watching everything the kid was pointing out. It's like, I don't know how to do this. And all of a sudden he's pulling the crane, you know, the... Yeah, the crane levers and their work. It's all that kind of stuff. You just know it's going to work. <laughs> if I stay in the car, I'm going to get killed. Or, you know, just everything they did. I just, yeah, it was really good. Mm-hmm. It's my number two. Scott. Um, your number two plays into mine. Uh, the intro uh, of, of Jack Slater uh, with the, uh, the, the, the ridiculous title cards. Uh, with the Franco Colombo. <laughs> film uh but when the, when the movie when the, the jack slater movie starts for jack slater 3 there's there's like 70 cop cars parking in that building oh god that that made me laugh and then like there's just that whole sequence of like the the tactical police show up and they all stop at the cars and aim up uh yeah, just the just so many cop cars just over the top, and then you you get the the stupid chief yelling at at, at Jack, and then you get the first uh, Arnie line with the he has a couple of acres and he kicks the guy in the balls, <laughs> and then the the woman who looked like Tina Turner, yeah, I'm not sure if it was actually her or not, um, she says, "Oh, you can't go in there. I've got the lieutenant governor," and he punches the lieutenant governor in the face. Call me when it's the real governor. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. Um, and then yeah, it, it proceeds, and you could tell it was Shane Black because there was there was Christmas shit going on. Oh yeah, it's a hell of a way to spend Christmas. Yeah. Speaking of governor, they played that politicians are uh, terrible people joke a little too hard, and that. But this is years before he became governor, right? Yeah. At one point, he says, "This is California." <laughs> yeah this is way before that yeah. Yeah, that's kind of funny alright uh, Alex number two my number two is I like the over the top action set pieces that they had for this movie uh, cliche and hackneyed but that's you know what they were supposed to be but they, it worked for you know I got it uh, like going over the bridge and stuff, a la Terminator styled into the um, the riverbank, uh, the the great rooftop, whatever that was in the hotel. What is that like? Do you, is that real? Do you guys think? This the top of that, like that. Like like that. Stuff? I don't know if that's like actually there, but there's 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 got to be places like that. Okay. Well, that was you know that was cool. Even that little tiny apartment where everybody gets kidnapped and he comes in through the ceiling after skeezy <laughs> shows up at the door that was his ex-wife's house oh i thought that was his house i mean it was but oh, okay but yeah even the 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 rainy rooftop in the real world that was cool yeah back, back to skeezy i'm i'm glad Sometimes they add stuff because the viewers are too stupid or they don't get it. That was me because I had no idea who that boy was. <laughs> the fuck is this random kid showing up here? And then, like, then later on they said, oh, he's skeezy. He, he was here for a dare or whatever it was. But they didn't say that. I was still like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, they anyway. set that up pretty well, I thought. I know. They did. And I still <laughs> didn't get it. <laughs> yeah, it's funny when he actually does show up. 
All right. Uh, on to my number one, mm-hmm. which is Arnold himself. I thought he was really good in this movie. He did the awesome action stuff, but I thought this is one of those movies where you get to, you do get to see the comedy and I don't know if I call him acting chops, but I thought he was really good in this movie. He was able to ride the line between both, and I really enjoyed it. So. Yeah, yeah, he had a couple of scenes where I, I really liked what he was doing. Like again, that little apartment sequence when he's like talking about how awful his life is. When when he goes in the real world and, and he gives that line about we just stayed up all night and talked. It was neat. <laughs> just just like the way that he says it. I've never uh, talked to a woman before. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I really enjoyed him in this movie. I thought it worked really, really well. All right, Scott, number one. Uh, finishing it off with another gag um, that I'm I'm still laughing thinking about it. Uh, the great Al Lung. Uh, yep. Is one of the goons on the the uh, the old school truck that that's chasing him down in the beginning. Yep. And there's another another one of those goons that looks super familiar. First, I thought it was Clint Howard, but I don't think. I know. Yeah, I did think it was. But when he finally like, we finally gets like a close up. It gets like flung in the air. I'm like, okay, that's not him. But the (laughs) so they 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 play up the trope a lot, um, where the cars just always explode no matter what. Uh, Like cars get launched in the air and they explode before they actually hit anything and that kind of thing. But during the 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 big car chase, um, when when Danny magically appears in the back of Jack's car. Uh, and Jack, uh, I forget how it happens exactly, but he he manages to knock a guy out of the other car, and he gets flung through the window of an ice cream truck, and <laughs> that makes the ice cream truck explode, which is funny enough, right? But then you just randomly see Al Long is like standing on on the the in the the flatbed of this truck, like over the the cab, shooting. Um, he just randomly like pitches forward. And you're like, what happened? And you see an ice cream cone sticking out of the back of his head. <laughs> like, that, you can't write that. That is yeah. <laughs> so brilliant. And I actually stopped to rewatch that a couple times. Uh, I was laughing so hard. And then and then you get it all capped off with, with a horrible Arnie line about uh, um, iced him to Kona phrase. Uh, this is before all the Mr. Fee's jokes, too. Uh, but yeah, just the, the so the so it wasn't ice cream cone. It was a it was a drumstick, and like the yeah, pointy end of the cone. drumstick. Yeah. yeah, it was sticking out of the back of his head. <laughs> like, like oh, I, yeah, that that was a truly inspired moment in cinema. So that's mm-hmm. my number one. Nice. All right, Scott Alex, number one. My number one is I really like that when shit got real. In this movie, because I wasn't expecting it, and I'm pretty sure this is like uh, uncomfortable enough for people to really hate this movie. And I get it, but knowing what I know now, it was awesome. Right from the beginning, when Danny gets pretty much assaulted when the guy breaks in, uh, changes him up uh, to the bottom of the sink and everything. That was really tense. Like I wasn't expecting that at all. And then at the very end, when uh, the villain. What's the actor's name again? Charles Dance. Charles Dance. He's over there. You see somebody gets killed just for his shoes. And then he just goes over and tests the theory. 
like at first oh let's go back to when he sees the guy's mug kill the guy just for shoes and then he got like he panicked because he thought the cops were going to be there at any second and he just looks around like nothing happens and he goes and shoots that guy randomly and he's like i what i just shot a man i murdered him and i want to confess shut up <laughs> that was yeah, cold Especially in today's climate, it was, it, it was, uh, yeah, it was uncomfortable, and it was real, a bit too real, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I don't, it was, I, I, I wish it would have been more of that, like, like I said, like, seeing, like, they would have reacted more to, like, blood the first time or whatever, and, uh, yeah. I do like how when he got shot, it's not, it's not just a flesh wound. We have to get him back so we can handle it. And then that paid oh, off at the end, though. Yeah, <laughs> this, I, this is not even a flesh wound. Yeah. I did forget about the, the junkie prostitute. Ugh. All that was just very uncomfortable. And I wish, yeah, I wish this film would have gone more into that territory. But they had to fit 90 minutes of Jack Slater 4 into this movie. Well, that was for me. <laughs> yeah, I guess it was. <laughs> All right, uh, that's it. Any other honorable mentions? Let's see. All right uh, then. Yeah, make it good. All right, well, let's rate it as usual. Oh, dog we... pyramid. <laughs> the what? Dog pyramid. Yep, yeah, that's right. Oh, that it's all the Rottweilers. <laughs> stupid, but it made me laugh. All right. Um, as rated as usual, we rate on a scale of one to seven. One being garbage, seven being perfection. I'll go. I'll go first, and I will say this movie is a five for me. Um, I def- this probably would have been if I rated it the first time I saw it would have been down like at a two or three. Uh, it's definitely moved its way up. It would be somewhere in the middle of my Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. It's still not going to approach Commando or Commando. Predator, Commando, or Commando, or Commando, or Commando. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's I, I like it. I appreciate it more. And I will watch this again. So, number five for me. Scott. I will also give this a five. Um, it, it kind of straddles the line between a five and a six for me. But as as you guys have pointed out, they they, they missed out on a great opportunity to, to have fun with the, the opposite of of what's going on in the movie world of like so Danny's there and we get to point out like oh this is a movie like they didn't miss out on pointing out oh no this is real life um, they, they do cram a lot of that in in, that, in the last sequence but a lot of it isn't necessarily played for fun yeah it wasn't supposed to I do like when he punches the window and it hurts his hand <laughs> yeah my hand really hurts <laughs> So yeah, five. Uh, all right, and Alex, I'm gonna give this a four. Okay. Uh, yeah, I really wanted to see more of uh, them interacting in the real world. Cut out a bit more of the Slater stuff and get to you know, what the I think the main point that the movie was trying to make was in that little tiny space, and it didn't give it enough time. All right, sounds good. Alright, so now it's time for our crossover topic, which is top meta movie moments. I said we say met movie moments, but it could oh, be from it. TV or video games. Well, what did you do? 
I just did movies. But no, I can find some moments real quick from all this stuff. What? Oh, you did full movies? Yeah. That's fine. But, you know, I can... I can no, I already got moments picked out in my head anyways from my list, so go ahead. All right. So, um, here we go. Uh, my number five... My number five, and I'll have to say mine sometimes, like, I I did use spoof movies, too, because... Yeah, it, like, straddles the line yeah. like between satire and breaking the fourth wall and previous movie knowledge, like, a lot of that stuff. Yeah, it's kind of... Exactly. Um, so, anyway, uh, my number five is the Deadpool movies. Um, there's this one, see, the whole movie... Both of these movies are not just a single moment, so I can't really have one in particular. I don't know. You can do like superhero landing or whatever. There's a bunch of them, but because this movie is all about um, him, like I said, breaking the fourth wall and and just better stuff. Um, yeah, Deadpool is my number five. It's just yeah. Deadpool is meta. <laughs> just him and yeah. anything really. True. Well, I don't know anything else but the movie, so I, I'll, I'll pick I'll pick a moment out for you, Jeff. All right. In uh, Deadpool 2, when they're back at the X-Mansion, and he's complaining about, fuck, like, there's only two of you couldn't afford more X-Men? And you look over, and all the X-Men are in the room. And oh. he doesn't see them, and they they slowly close the door on him. <laughs> it's all the real actors in full costume. Oh, that was cool. I think the yeah. better one was in the first movie. It was like, huh, how come in this giant mansion I only see the two of you? Hmm, looks like the studio couldn't afford yeah. more than just you X-Men, right? Right, and there's also like uh, I'm gonna talk to Professor X, and which one is it? Yeah, uh, McAvoy or Stewart? Yeah, yeah. And then the second movie is like mm, smells like Stewart. I think he says yeah. <laughs> when he puts on the cerebral helmet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, Scott, number five. Uh, number five is Maverick. Uh, so this this will require speaking of Shane Black, um, having seen the Lethal Weapon movies. Uh, but, oh. <laughs> yeah, but uh, spoilers. Uh, early on, Maverick is a lot. Of, a lot of the plot revolves around Maverick basically going around collecting money that he's owed from different people for different reasons, so he has enough money to get into this card tournament, uh, this poker tournament, and he goes to a guy that that runs a bank. This is all in the West, Wild West, and the bank gets robbed. Wiki wow wow, and uh, you can clearly tell even with the the. Uh, the 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 bandana they're wearing over their faces that that one of the bandits is in fact Danny Glover um, and at one point like the the scene just kind of comes to a dead halt as they both stop and look at each other and they they both look away and they're both like nah and at one point like Mel Gibson pulls up like pulls uh, his his mask down and they're both like what and then then the the <laughs> The, not the saxophone, but the guitar plays. <laughs> and then eventually they both go, nah, and then Danny Glover and his gang right off with, the, with their money. That, that is a Dick Donner movie, right? It is a Dick Donner movie. Yeah, okay, so it makes sense. Dick, Dick Donner dislikes gun smoke. Whoa! <laughs> Damn it, Jeff beating us to a Dick Donner joke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the gun smoke joke. There you go. All right. Uh, Alex. Uh, I'm going to have to get a ruling on this one because it feels like it's really meta to me, but it might just be bizarre and abstract. But when, in being John Malkovich, 
when John Malkovich goes inside of John Malkovich. That's meta. Yeah. Okay, good. I mean, the whole movie's meta. <laughs> I yeah. I was going to say. Like, anybody going into John Malkovich is a meta thing. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Malkovich, Malkovich, Malkovich. Yeah, Malkovich. Malkovich. He jumps out. And then some random guy in a truck. Hey, Malkovich. Wham. Hits him with a beer can. Alright. Um, my number four is... Once again, this is, a, this is a spoof movie. And I can't come up with one, but Blazing Saddles. Mm-hmm. Just, just the whole thing. Maybe the Randolph Scott joke. <laughs> Randolph do, Scott. Do it for Randolph Scott. Randolph Scott. <laughs> Just Plus, you know, like, behind the behind the scenes, behind, you know, movie making scenes, all that stuff. Yeah, de- deconstructing the western. Yeah. Yes, yeah, they get mm-hmm. super met at the end. So that's my number four, Scott. Uh, my number four, uh, go- going to one of these spoof movies, Airplane. Um, the first thing that popped in my head was uh, not Robert Stack, uh, Robert Hayes. At the beginning of the mini. Very, very beginning of the movie, looking at the camera and going, "What a pisser!" But the <laughs> the, the one yeah. I settled on though was the Kareem Abdul Jabbar joke. Yeah, yeah. As my dad says, <laughs> and then he grabs the kid. You tell your dad. See, he's tired after jamming, dragging Bill and beer and <laughs> Bill Walton up the, up and down the court for forty five minutes. And then by the end, he's just full on wearing his Laker gear. Yeah. <laughs> That was great. All right, Alex, number four. My number four is a graphic novel called Wanted. Have you guys read this yet? No, but I've seen the movie, and I've read up on the. It doesn't look like look doesn't look like my cup of tea. Well, you should read the graphic novel because it is almost nothing like the movie. No, I I mean I I read I read the wiki on it. I have no interest. Oh, well, your loss. Because that graphic novel is fantastic. And at the very end, it gets very meta, talking straight at the reader. And I'll, uh, that's all I'll say. I, I mean, it basically, it, I mean, it's very the, good. Well, I mean, it, it's pretty much how the movie ends. No, no, the book the, What he better. says, what he says, it's pretty much the it's, same thing. Yeah, not really. Maybe the context is different, but what he says is pretty much the same. Right. But the whole thing behind the lame. graphic novel, all the build up to the end, is like miles better than the movie. That's all I'm saying. Is this the, is this the movie where he curves bullets? Yes. Yes. Hmm. So just forget the movie, read the graphic novel. Greedy discreet, Alex. All right. Um, all right. We're well, on to my number three is another spoof movie and another Mel Gibson movie, be Spaceballs. But for this one, I had the specific. Mel Gibson. No, Brooks, sorry. <laughs> um, I, think I, I think I know which one you're going with, Jeff. It might be my number three also. Uh, this this is now. What is oh, now okay. now? Um, not the merchandising. We hope maybe that's yours. But um, the, the, the this is now part. When they don't know where they find them, so they go by the movie so they can find out where they are. Spaceballs, the movie. <laughs> yeah. When is, is this the movie? This is now. When is then? I just oh, That's freaking classic. Go watch the movie. When will then be now? Soon. Soon. 
rewind this or fast forward this. In fact, never show this again. <laughs> All right, Scott, number three. Number three, also space balls, and not not the uh, yogurt uh, going through the merchandising. Okay, <laughs> space balls, the flamethrower. Kids just love this one. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, at, almost at the very end of the movie, when they're in the diner, and they basically redo the uh, the scene from Alien. <laughs> And they even down to recasting John Hurt. <laughs> uh, they the problem with the table, the spoilers, the uh, chest burster uh, pops out of him. <laughs> but before he does it, John Hurt looks up and goes, "Not again!" And then to cap it all off, the alien jumps up, grabs a little, t- grabs a tiny cane and and not a top hat, but uh, a Charleston hat. Yeah, whatever they're called, bandbox hat, and then starts the launches into the "Hello, my honey, hello, my darling, hello, my ragtime gal." He does this little like thirty second dance number down the counter of the diner that they're in uh, before he goes out, and everybody just standing there with their jaws on the ground. Oh man! Like, again, <laughs> the, the 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 meta really comes in from uh, having to have seen Alien. Being a fan of that, but yeah, just John Hurts, not again. I thought you were gonna say it's when uh, parts of Spaceball One land on the planet of, of the apes. That that too. Oh shit! There goes the planet. Spaceball there goes the planet. There goes the planet. All right, Alex, number three. My number three is a Simpsons episode. Pretty much the whole thing. It is the Frank Grimes episode where. Frank Grimes, unfortunately, he's pretty much the audience, and he's very frustrated because Homer goes through these wacky adventures and comes out on top, and Frank has to work for everything in his life. He goes over to the Simpsons' home, (laughs) and he's just stupefied by all the dumb shit that Homer's gotten to do. Like, oh, wait, you went out to outer space? You've never been? You've never been? Like, look at that, you live in a mansion here with your perfect family. I live in a little apartment above a bowling alley and below another bowling alley. <laughs> yeah, Frank, by the way, he Frank, likes to be called Grimey. Yeah, Frank, <laughs> Frank, Frank Grimes, or Grimey as he liked to be called by his friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I love that episode, but it's not people's favorites because of the reason that it brings reality to The Simpsons a little bit. Yeah, I mean, Simpsons does that every once in a while. I think that's why that was so good for so long. It's not the Grimes level, though, where it's pretty much an audience surrogate plugged he, straight into the Simpsons. Does does he have five fingers? I don't think so. That's still only God, or is that even... I don't know. Yeah, I don't think so. But yeah, I think it's only God. In certain scenes, too, because sometimes they forgot to film the extra finger, or to draw the extra finger on them. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, on to my number two. And this is a stupid one, but it popped in my head because of the movie. And it's Tango and Cash when when Stallone Gosh, calls Rambo Tango. a pussy. <laughs> yeah. That, that's very meta. I appreciate that. <laughs> Rambo's a pussy. Rambo is a pussy. Watch your badge. Watch your ass. Want to ride down. This guy thinks he's Rambo. All right. Scott, number two. Uh, number two, just one more Spaceballs moment that might be the the crowning one, though, is the 
on the Switch when it, it's labeled Kafka. <laughs> the change in the Mega Man. That's, yeah, that's fuck great. that's fucking that's meta. But uh <laughs> anyway, uh my number two um steering away from satire mm-hmm. um onto something like satire. Uh homage. Um I'm not entirely sure pastiche. Uh would be Scream. Um uh, yeah. And and really the whole movie's kinda like this, but the the scene where um, what's his name Jamie uh, are you talking about Skeet Ulrich not Skeet Ulrich um, Matthew Lillard not Matthew Lillard Jamie uh, Kennedy thank you Jeff Jamie, Jeff Campbell uh, when Jamie's explaining the rules and then basically everything plays out exactly as he explains it uh, mm-hmm. yeah this is my number one oh. So you allow it? I'll definitely allow it. Um, all right. Uh, I mean, you pretty much nailed it for me. I'll talk about a little bit more when it comes to my turn. But Alex, number two. My number two is Blazing Saddles. Specifically, uh, when they zoom out from the Western set and you see all the, you know, the Universal, WB, WB backlot. And the, the cowboy brawl, like, spills into other sets and everything. That's fantastic. All the way to the commissary. Yeah. Even the the theme song gets pretty meta because the guy that wrote it thought he was writing a song for a real western. He was basically given the lyrics oh. by he Mel by Mel Brooks, yeah. but he didn't know that it was writing it for what would become Blazing Saddles. He thought it was like going to be a legitimate western. Oh, there you go. Douglas Fairbanks joke how did someone with such small hands or small feet do such amazing stunts yeah okay well my number one is Scream Uh, basically the scene you talked about with Jamie Kennedy and everything you know never say you'll be right back and all that stuff so um, yeah the movie was awesome for that but it was a spoof and like not a spoof but it did that stuff and it still made it a scary movie on its own which I always liked about that movie Mm-hmm. Um, all right, Scott, number two, number one. Number one, it's it's definitely meta, straddling the line of, well, it, it does basically break the fourth wall. Um, but the never-ending story. Uh, oh, the, nice. The the basic, uh, um, as, as you're going along, um, you find out that Bastion, uh, Bastion is... Um, may may actually be a part of the story that he's reading, as uh, the the Empress talks about a little boy reading this all, and then um, you know she only has he only has to give her a name, and it and then after everything's almost all gone, being having been destroyed by the nothing, um, she's pleading directly into the camera for Bastion to to give her a name, and then he. <laughs> <laughs> Baron Oliver's the, the actor uh, does the I have to keep my feet on the ground fine I will do it I will do what I dream and then he yells out an incomprehensible name that until like 20 years later in some closed captioning <laughs> you actually hear the name that he gives um, and then uh, you know it ends with him actually being inside 
what was Fantasia, um, the, uh, the the whole thing, <laughs> it, it kind of gets lost a little bit in the in the movie. I think Alex knows about this, mm-hmm. um, but the the book the the it's based on a book, um, a German book, um, a very long book. Yeah, uh, but the whole thing's actually the nothing and everything is is supposed to represent literacy. Um, and the, the nothing being illiteracy and the, and the death of um, imagination. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I mean that, the second part kind of comes through a little bit more. But, um, yeah, when you tie it all together, it gets, it gets pretty meta-fast. If you think about everything being a metaphor for being literate. Mm-hmm. That's my number one. Never ending story. And the end of that movie is only halfway through the book. There's a whole other adventure that Bastion has. Bastion went on many other adventures. Yeah. But that's another story. It's a really Turn good book. around. should really read it again. Best yeah, my favorite part about Bastion is when he turns into a robot and he goes, you can turn into a machine gun. He goes into sentry mode. Nice sound effects. Alright, Alex, number one. Number one, Fight Club. That movie's fucking amazing. Uh, damn, I haven't seen it in a while. I should watch it again. But there's a there's a few meta moments in there when he's talking directly into the camera, being the all dancing uh, crap of the world, and the film starts going wobbly and stuff. Um, that he's that he's the, when he's explaining the cigarette burns and how, how film projectors work, and then when he's splicing the film. He's splicing just a little snippet of a porno inside a children's film. And then at the very end, before the credits, you get a shot of a nice big cock. Nice big cock. Uh, The movie's fantastic. It is. We've Mm -hmm. done it, haven't we? Yes. His name is Robert Paulson. Oh, I get it. In Project Mayhem, in death, we do have names. <laughs> I haven't had sex like that since I was in grade school. <laughs> I haven't fucked like that since I was in grade school. Oh, man. All right, any honorable mentions? A uh, few. Um, few. Ocean's 12, with the whole Julia Roberts thing. It's a little too precious. Uh, yeah. It was, it was enjoyable at least the first time I saw it. Nope. Um, Hot Shots Part D, when they're on the river, and all of a sudden <laughs> the narration switches to Chuck Sheen's dad, Martin, Martin. Sheen, when he he starts uh, reciting basically from uh, Apocalypse Now, and then they cross each other in different boats, and they both stop and point at each other, and they yell out, "I loved you in Wall Street." Uh, that was great. And then finally, uh, I, don't, I don't know if we've done a full episode on this, but Rejected. Oh, that movie, that was great. Yeah. Which is uh, one of the all-time, um, oh, all-time any things. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, that gets pretty meta. What is Rejected? Why does that sound familiar? It sounds familiar, but it doesn't sound familiar. It's, it's, it's animated. food is too big. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. The banana. Sp- yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. Yeah, animated that. short that is uh, amazing. 
<laughs> now angry ticks fly out of my nipples. <laughs> I'm the queen of France. <laughs> also, I haven't seen that in a while. <laughs> I tried. So just side bit. Jeez, um, ah, it was like two years ago now. I was I was leading this project, and my team and I would would be at work like like seven days a week like 12 hour 14 hour days and you know I was doing what I could at points to keep morale up so at one point I was like alright everybody we're taking a break dragged everybody into a room put on rejected I, I gotta say the, <laughs> the 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 name was appropriate because I felt horrible at like the lack of reaction from, from the people that watched this <laughs> oh um, they suck I'm just going to chalk it up to, to them being younger. And, and you know, as we all know, people younger than us are the worst. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, so. A little nah. out of it. No way. I mean, I'm pretty sure they, they enjoyed it. But maybe just not to the same <laughs> level that I did the first time that I saw it. I remember I saw that in the theater with the spike and yes. ice. Yeah. Yes, that's, that's how I saw it. Yeah. I mean, did I see it with you guys? Yes. Okay. We went to see it twice. Yeah, I did. I I was that's the hardest I've ever laughed in a movie theater for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I saw I saw it with um other people from the mudroom. That's all I can say about that. Yeah, yeah there was yeah, there was a uh, that and the monkey versus robots were like two things that I really remember. <laughs> that's right. What about the singing penis? <laughs> That's pretty funny. I don't remember that one. <laughs> okay. They just... Eh, never mind. You remember they... It was just like a dick dance and it was the, they had the, the... It was slowly rising, let's just yes. say. And then, then the, the urethra was just the mouth that was talking yeah, singing. Yeah, animated do, and singing. I do not remember that at all. <laughs> I remember some of the other ones. But yeah, that one I don't. <laughs> I remember there was something to do with Lando. You got to give him more time. Yeah, that so was, one of those videos. Yeah, they just randomly cuts to like dudes on the street holding up a picture of <laughs> Billy D. Williams. Where and where the hell is Billy D. Williams? Yeah. Got to give him more time. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything else? Yeah. Sorry. Nope. All right. Well, it's time for Alex knows sports. I'm Alex, and I like sports. Sports ball? So I guess the NBA is having playoffs, possibly out of playoffs 22, out of twenty-two teams going over to uh, Disney World, at one of the stadiums over there, and trying to keep you know social distant rules as much as possible. Are they gonna Are they gonna play in the Matterhorn? I hope so. Inside? No, it's a Disneyland, not World. Dummy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's still up in the air where, whether it's going to happen, but at least there's like a plan in play for so I, I've, to do I've the playoffs. Not, I've not followed this. Is this a plan that the league proposed? Yes. And it's still working out, or is this a thing that's definitely happening? Because I know baseball's been shot down a couple times already. Mm-hmm. I believe it's something that they are uh, still kind of in the air about, but it seems likely that this will happen. I mean, if I were the athletes, like it, everything just seems like a non-starter. 
Like, having to travel somewhere and be sequestered, it'd be just hard no. Mm-hmm. Testing for everybody, extensive testing. Right, but uh, I mean, like, it just stadium. doesn't make sense. Yeah. You know, as much as I would love to see anything. Like, if I were them, I wouldn't do it. You're forgetting about the all 80 aller. That's right. That's, that's the thing. I get it. That's that's the thing, though. Like, they're not getting paid more for this. In fact, they're probably getting paid less. Yeah. Well, I know the NHL is doing the same thing. And so basically what they've done is, I believe the NBA is the same as the NHL. They've, the league has come up with a plan, and it's been agreed upon. At least NHL has been agreed upon with the players' union. So that when the time should come, this is what they'll do. So I don't think there's hard dates. I'm, I'm reading here that will run mid-August to mid-October, but I don't think that's not finalized. Um, right. So yeah, that's what it is. The the TV money and all that for the league is is important, and they want it. And, right, right. I mean, mm-hmm. it's on on one hand, like if there's any particular group of like working people that that are at the least amount of risk from this, it would be professional athletes probably. But on that same note, like who's to say some of these people aren't immunocompromised and it's not like just these guys going out there and playing. Yeah. Like there's there's gonna be other people. Like there has to be. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I I, I feel like people would be get pressured into this too. And not not just the athletes, but everything that it takes to, to, to keep one of these professional teams running mm-hmm. i mean going down the street and eating inside at a denny's is one thing but i mean you're taking your life in your own hands <laughs> with that even before the COVID 19 <laughs> that's true <laughs> yeah I, I don't i mean i think they shouldn't force any players to do it but i doubt i mean i don't know if people have issues with it if they're sequestered i mean at this point I don't know. You're stuck with people. I mean, I mean, people have been stuck with their families for so long. I, I don't know. But it's... And the testing, that's heard with NHL too. One of the reasons they're doing it is they could have more tests available. They're going to constantly test people. Now, I don't know if that's taking away from normal people, all those tests. That I don't know. Mm. Um, but I, I heard there is, at least with... this. What I've heard, most of my stuff comes from hockey, is that there, are, there is more testing available. So... The, Players will be con- constantly monitored. They're talking for hockey to do it in Vegas, which I mean, <laughs> the the cleanest mm-hmm. city of them all. Mm-hmm. I don't no, know, but they'll be in COVID hotels. Doesn't even go over there. They're going to be like you know hotels just blocked out for everybody there, and then you get bus to and from the arena. I guess I, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm sure there are precautions that to keep them safer than than random people traveling somewhere, but it, it just like that's the thing is like. It only takes once. Mm-hmm. Like you, you, like you have to be perfect with the shit, and it's just impossible to be that way. Uh, what do you mean by once? Because they've already said like if if one or two players get infected, they're not going to shut the whole thing down. They're going to. Well, test I think I think so. They've they've already <laughs> they've already kind of done this in soccer. Yeah, where like like oh, a couple people on one of the teams tested positive so they basically shut down the entire team but the league keeps going but like there's always that that two-week window or more you know it just it, it's none of, none of it just seems feasible to me i don't i don't know 
Yeah. Well, that's why I heard the testing makes a deal because you don't have to wait the two weeks. You just okay, they've been tested. You test people around them. If they don't have it, then you keep going. If they do have it, and then yeah, I, I don't know. But also, professional athletes are not known as being the smartest people. So I don't necessarily trust them to. <laughs> the athletes are not really sneak, the not sneak here. out of the yeah. hotels. What? Oh, that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. A bunch, a bunch of like twenty-five-year-olds with a shitload of money and a lot of testosterone. Like, no, you just get to stay at the hotel by yourself. Like, eh. Mm-hmm. Anyway, like, don't don't get me wrong. Like, I would love to see well baseball more than anything, but at this point, yeah, I'll take anything. Mm. Sports. It's time Oops. for Neam News. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It was yeah. Okay, so uh, it was. It would have been E three last week, um, mm-hmm. and uh, in the interim, there were actually were a couple of um, I don't know, presentations, online shows, whatever you'd like to call them. Uh, the the biggest one being Sony, who did a a what what whatever it was called, uh, their, their PS5 reveal, I guess, mm-hmm. on last Thursday, as of the recording of this podcast, um, where they, God, the thing was like almost two hours. It was fucking long. But uh, they, they, they went over a bunch of the games coming out on the, the PS5. Uh, I'm not sure how many of them were actually exclusives. Um, and a couple of them were kind of hedging where it said something weird like, Designed exclusively for. <laughs> yeah. I'm not entirely sure what that means. <laughs> uh, at any rate, there was a bunch of games um, for for the next generation on the PS5. Microsoft already had a thing a while ago where they showed like ten games, but I don't think that was necessarily their their kind of a list of, of what was going to be there. Um, they showed that they eventually showed the system itself. Um, and in in nerd circles, video game nerd circles, uh, these these are always uh, great times <laughs> because the the new um, consoles, like the the designs, are always roundly mocked, um, and rightfully so. Um, for whatever reason, though, Sony seems to get the worst <laughs> with their new systems. Well, uh, yeah, the new Xbox is just literally a box. It's just a you know. A rectangle and stuff. Well, it's, I mean, yeah, it's it's like a little, it's like a, a tower. Yeah. Like, an ob, like, I would call it an obelisk, but it's not an obelisk. But it's, yeah, a rectangular tower. Um, whereas the the new Sony one, I, I'd been joking that, yeah, it was probably going to be contoured again, so you could put anything on top of it. And mm-hmm. sure enough, it is. Yeah. <laughs> I think it, they, they mean for you to have it standing upright. Um, and it definitely looks like it's too big to fit. Like a lot of unless you have like a big shelf, mm-hmm. like I'm looking at I'm like looking over right now at my entertainment center and it would not fit on the bottom two shelves. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Neither but, of those consoles would. Yeah. I yeah, have the Xbox. I don't have the Xboxes. It might not. Um. But uh, it, it is interesting looking. Um. The Sony is going to have two versions of it. One's going to be the digital only, so it's not going to have the Blu-ray player. Um, but on the one that does have the Blu-ray player, it'll finally play 
uh, UHD Blu-rays, which is complete horseshit. Because it's Sony's technology and PS4 won't even play them. It's still the dumbest thing ever. <laughs> really? I'm, I'm, still, I'm still angry about that. Um, the Xbox One X does, though. That's just like pure insanity to me. Uh, but you can have these two systems. And I, think, I do think it's funny that, that Sony's going to have this digital-only version. Um, after all the shit that Microsoft took in the last generation for oh, for starting off with the, we're going digital, everyone, and then everybody shat a brick. And Sony, like, super smugly, like, two days later was like, oh, well, you can still do everything physical here. Because, um, you know, Microsoft made the first moon. And now all of a sudden Sony's like, yeah, digital's cool. Um, you know, to be fair, that that is where the marketplace is moving for video games. Mm-hmm. Um, I, <laughs> Xbox moved too soon. Yeah, I mean, personally, I I'd say ninety five percent of the games that I've purchased over the last two years have been digital. Um, you know, it just there's no reason not to. Like the time, like I have decent internet. By the time I buy and download it, it's probably faster than me driving over to local Best Buy, Target, whatever. I mean, GameStop's... By the time... By the time... By the time, like, a, a, a vaccine's out and everybody can go back out in the world, yeah, there, there's not going to be a GameStop anymore, so... Um, but yeah, interesting. Yeah. Uh, just talk a little bit about a couple of the games. Uh, just a couple of highlights. Uh, uh, Scott, real quick. I remember when those kings came out, the other thing that Microsoft was doing was... Even if you digitally downloaded it, you could share it with friends up to a couple times. Right, right. Yeah, which but that required really cool. you to always be online, and everyone freaked out over that. Yes. And yes. then, so, okay, fine. You can't, we, we won't um, require you to always be online, but hey, now you can't share your digital downloads with anybody. So, fuck off. Yeah. I mean, there's got to be a middle ground there. But, uh, Don't listen to nerds. It's true. We're the yeah. worst. <laughs> um,. <laughs> I mean, just the always online is is stupid, though. Like, having to be online for all of your content, no matter what. Yeah. Like, that that's a bad idea. Sure. When was uh, the last time you didn't play online on your Xbox? Um, uh, not too long ago, actually. Why? Why did you, did you unhook it? Um, I'm trying to think why I wasn't doing it. Um, something shady. Well, I mean, I have more than one system. <laughs> probably, I just didn't want to. Use the wide shitty Wi-Fi, so or the one cord or whatever. All right. Like this is a convenience thing for me, so it wasn't a huge deal. Um, uh, but at any rate, uh, the uh, so some of the games, um, some of the highlights include a new Ratchet and Clank. Um, it looks super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not. I'm. I've never played any of these games. I don't. I, I probably will never play this new one either, um, but it looked cool just like as a like a tech demo of what the PS5 could do. So the whole point of this next generation is that they're they're just getting rid of like loading and rendering times, so you could have more shit on the screen and you, you go from one place to the other without loading. Are like the two big things for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ratchet and Clank kind of showed that like just constantly moving through all these different maps. Uh, with without any change in in like frame rate or no, no indication that things were loading in any way, um, 
And then when they actually got to, I guess you'd call it combat, uh, it's a lot of shit going on on the screen at once. Um, it, it all looked like, okay, you know, next generation is going to be able to do some cool stuff. Um, there were, there's a lot of indie shit. <laughs> uh, it looked yeah. interesting. Uh, there was uh, like a new Resident Evil or like a, a village. Uh, I'm trying to think of how to phrase it. A an analog to. Well, I mean, it's a sequel. It Resident had 7? they highlighted V one 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 in right. Village. Right. Okay. Um, there was, was a game called Kana. I thought it looked really cool. Um, but, uh, yeah, just a lot of games. Nothing that kind of sold the system for me. Um, so I don't see. know. Spider-Man. Miles Morales. Okay. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, but the, probably the, the biggest one was the one they started off with. Was, yeah, a new Spider-Man that, that starred Miles Morales. That's yeah. fucking awesome. So, yeah, that that looked like a, that looked like a pretty good uh, launch title. Mm-hmm. flagship title for for sony to to have uh but yeah um alex i'm sure you watched too anything else jump out for you uh just that and horizon zero dawn were uh right a like sequel to the, sequel the ones that, that i was yeah. waiting for it's like all right it's of course it's gonna have these i didn't see a god of war but they'll probably wait a little bit for that one uh what was the one with a dude in an astronaut suit and with a little girl that was an android it looked really like it looked a bit Hideo Kojima-ish. You could tell somebody. It was funny. Um, so, you know, watching it, I was watching it with a bunch of people, and somebody pointed out that by the way that the hair was being animated, that it was clearly a Japanese game. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you know, I never thought about that before, but they're one hundred percent right. <laughs> that's that's exactly what that was. But yeah, there was yeah, it was a weird game. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it wasn't Kojima, but it was no, something it wasn't. like that. Yeah, it seemed like it. That looked interesting. Uh, the one where, I I don't know what it was, but it was cool where the, the whole world, everybody's like a robot, and it's just a, a cat with a backpack. Yeah, that, that was looked... called like Cat something. Oh. I don't know. And uh, what was the other one that piqued my interest? Mm, oh, there was Deathloop. That looked pretty cool. That seems like an interesting uh, game mechanic and story to that one. Yeah, that, that that did look interesting. Yeah. Um, the the only other thing of note for me, I guess, is the lack of a couple of titles. So nothing has been mentioned yet regarding a new Dragon Age, which should be the next Bioware thing. Mm-hmm. Um, unless the next thing is their revamped uh, Anthem. But yeah, I was really hoping for something... Uh, regarding Dragon Age, because I I don't think we're going to see anything about Mass Effect for quite some time, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, besides but, besides rumors of a remaster. Yes, I am. I am. I am hoping for. Yeah, I, I would love to see either a remaster on on one of the current systems, um, or even even on the Switch, because they they did have Mass Effect Three on the Wii U. Oh, that's right. So, but I mean, those yeah. those games are also previous generation even so getting them on the switch shouldn't be that big of a deal yeah um he, he says not knowing 
that much about programming. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just nothing from EA other than uh, the, the new NBA 2K with uh, God Ray Sweat, as I've been calling it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's exactly what it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, uh, yep, just uh, a lot of stuff going on. Um, there's still... Um, my, 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 Microsoft has stated that they're, they want to do like a monthly thing. So something from them could, could happen this month still. Um, and I think that it will. Um, I don't, I don't know anything about Blizzard other than they want to talk more about WoW, but that got pushed back. Uh, but yeah, there's still I mean, EA, Bethesda, um, all these other companies, the, the, the new Elder Scroll, which isn't coming out this year. So I'm not, so they're probably not in any big hurry to do anything with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, lots lots of video game stuff to to ponder. Um, yep. But yeah, that's that's enough for me, Alex. Anything else you want to talk about? Yeah, just real quick. I watched the Artemis Fowl with the kids today. It's a neat little movie. It's it's like uh, the trailers made it seem like this. It's this huge epic or whatever, and it's really not. It just most all of it takes place in inside the mansion and everything and there's a lot of cool action uh cool effects and uh yeah it's it's good uh family movie what about all the bleached buttholes (laughs) (laughs) oh you mean like splash no i mean like artemis oh right (laughs) oh her (laughs) name's artemis i got a bleached asshole <laughs> they were gonna find out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yep. All right, uh, Jeff. Anything you want to talk about? Um, Besides bleached assholes. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. A couple Star Wars news items. They released that new Jedi Academy kids show, and I watched an episode, and it was yeah. I mean, obviously, I'm not the intended audience, but it's like I remember that. Uh, Nickelodeon show Temple Run or Temple Eye. Legend, Legend, Legends of the Hidden Temple. Yeah. yeah. With the game it's show. Base, it's basically that, but it's Star Wars. and Kids and teams running around solving problems using the Force. And Ahmed Best is the host and whatever. If you have kids, you might like I don't know, Alex, you can try it with your boys and see if they... Does he, does he do it in full character? Yeah, but not as Jar, not as Jar Jar. He's like a, a Jedi of some kind. He's okay. He's not Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> um, whatever. It's like if I was a kid, I would probably love it. As an adult, no. But I had to check it out just to see. And then other Star Wars news: uh, Star Wars Celebration has been yeah. canceled this year. Finally, to mention it. Yeah. So I know Alex and I were planning on going. We had tickets and everything, and uh, it's been canceled. So, mm-hmm. which I'm glad because obviously it was not going this year. Yeah, not even if it wasn't canceled. It's like, it, yeah, well, I gotta eat the cost. Yeah, I'm not going. Exactly. Like I, I have been stepping out in the world and doing some social distancing at dining every once in a while, but there's no way in hell I was going to a con. Yeah, you get, you get, you get sick of those normally. Even exactly. Hardy immune system. Yeah. yeah no. Uh, oh, yeah, there were some options for um, getting a refund. You could either get a refund or you can uh, elect to go in 2022 when it's back at Anaheim mm-hmm. for the next celebration. 
uh, we're thinking about just getting a refund. Mostly yeah. because I couldn't talk the wife into just <laughs> moving the tickets over. Yeah. We, so she's thinking of. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, I'm getting the refund too because who knows what's going to happen two years from now. I just if I want to, if I want to go then again, I'll just get get them again then. So yeah, don't think that was that's English, a good point. but uh, yeah, you could get you can get put them towards 2022, or you can get get it per, uh, put towards merch from this year. But yeah, I, I don't mm-hmm. need that. So oh, yeah, um, we can't we can't get refunds until the 22nd, June yeah. 22nd. Yeah, you just so gotta remember, do it right on that first day. Yeah, I've already, I've, I finally canceled my AMC, uh, whatever that thing, Movie Pass, whatever that thing was called that we were doing. Like they haven't been charging us the last couple of months, but I don't even want to go when it opens up again. Right. So I've canceled that. Mm-hmm. Um, I still don't know what I'm gonna do with my Disney Pass. That's because Disneyland's supposed to open in a month. That and... Disney's. I mean, they have to do something for pass holders, right? Well, I mean, for right now, they've been saying you can get your if you've you can cancel your plan if you, you know, if you're paying monthly, or you get a refund back, you know, basically for what you didn't use, like prorated. Yeah, but if you want to go, I mean, I we still like going, but like, yeah, if the first how, how many months it's gonna first of all, I don't know if I want to go right away, and even if I did, it's gonna be you know, go to Disneyland and wear a mask for twelve hours. <laughs> Or waiting really long lines. I just don't think I want to be involved with it. So I, I probably just gonna have to cancel it. But it's just it was a, we loved going, so it's gonna be a hard thing to lose. But I, yeah. So what if what if, what if there was like stuff like that is still scary for me. Like almost yeah. no nobody there. No, but it won't be. People will be there. No, I know, I know it'll be packed. But what <laughs> what if it was just like 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 a Zombieland esque where there's just like. Barely anybody walking. I mean, more than 10 people, but like, just like a few hundred people scattered throughout the park. Yeah, and they're saying like, oh, you know, we won't do 100% capacity. Well, fuck, who wants to go to Disneyland 100% capacity anyway? That's a nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) So even at 75, 75% capacity is a really busy summer day, if I I think so. so. I feel like at like, like 20%, they start cutting off all the parking. Yep. So yeah, I, I don't know, but I guess it's tough because I do want to go back and, but yeah. All right. Um, that's all I got. So I think. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Stay safe out there. Be smart and be excellent to each other. Yeah. Watch, watch movies at home. We at Hans Shop First would like to thank you for listening and supporting the podcast. We would love to hear from you, so feel free to contact us on Facebook and Twitter at Hans Shop First. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are greatly appreciated and help us get more exposure. Once again, thanks for listening and supporting the podcast.